Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. It is such a joy to come to you each and every week and to share with you the principles that I've learned over the last 45 years that will make a winner out of you. God wants you to be a winner in every area of your life. And one of the reasons why, not just because winning's fun, and it certainly makes life better, but because it also makes the God you serve attractive to others. You know, nobody's attracted to losing. Everybody loves a winner. You know, you go into, uh, you, you watch a, a major football game today, and do you notice they never go in the locker room with the camera of the team that loses the game? <laughs> you know, nobody's interested in that. They go in there where the winners are. And so that's what God wants you and I to be, is winners in life, so that the people that are observing our life will begin to wonder, what are they doing? How are they going about this? What is this that is about them that makes them such uh, a winner in life? Well, it's the God we serve. Amen? Yes, it's the God we serve. We want to make Him attractive to everybody that we come in contact with. I've said many times, I've led a lot of people to the Lord that I never preached one word to. They just watch my lifestyle, want to know how I'm doing it, and then that opens the door to me sharing with them about the God that I serve. Today, we want to share some of the testimonies from our viewing audience and uh, rejoice with them in what God is doing in their lives. And uh, I know that God's doing a lot of great things in your lives as well. And once again, thank you, audience, for being here. Appreciate you uh, being here. You have heard me say it before. You help pull the Word out. You help uh, draw on the anointing, and I appreciate that very much. Here's someone from actually Fort Worth, praise the Lord. Uh, Patricia from Fort Worth, I want to give God all the glory. When I became a partner and started giving monthly in July, the Lord blessed me with a new job in August. Praise God, He gave me the desires of my heart. Amen, that's awesome. Then here's Susan, uh, also from Texas, not Fort Worth, but from Texas. She said, thanks for teaching me about how to trust in the God of surprises. I received a surprise from God yesterday. I just emailed you asking for agreement for a financial blessing, and I started going through some of my mom's jewelry in her jewelry box. She passed away two years ago, and in two different drawers, I found money that I didn't even know was there. Praise God for this surprise. Your ministry has been a real blessing to me, and I thank you very much. Some of you need to check your closets out. There may be something there you don't know about. Amen. Amen. And then here's Paula from Michigan. Thank you, Brother Jerry. You've taught me uh, how to trust God, how to exercise my faith. I'm now driving a 2014 Honda Civic that is being paid for by my employer's company. They've also mentioned other items that they want to bless me with that are still in the works. I have worked for them for a year, and in that time, their business has abundantly increased. Thank you for teaching me how to walk in the favor of God. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. And not only that, because the favor of God's on her, the company she's working for is experiencing increase. Hallelujah. And then here's one from someone named Joseph in Florida. Praise God. After reading your book on prayer of petition, uh, I've made my petition, and I put my daughter in God's hands. She called and we spoke for the first time in over two and a half years. We forgave each other and it has been glorious ever since. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? I'm telling you, God is a God that is faithful. He's a God that honors his word and he's a God that we can depend upon. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. If you have prayer requests, then I want to encourage you to either write or go to our website and contact us any way that you can. Call the number that you'll see on the screen and let us join with you with our faith and believe God for the miracle and the breakthroughs that you're believing for. You know, we've got people that uh, know how to pray here, not only in this office here in the U.S., but our offices around the world. And that's one of the joys of our lives and of this ministry is to join our faith with those of you that are believing God, particularly if it looks impossible. Hey, the God we serve specializes in doing what people say is impossible. So join with us and allow us to pray and believe God with you. And then also it's important that you share the testimony. So if you've been watching this broadcast and the Word has ministered to you, you've learned some things, you've appropriated those principles, and it's working for you, please let us hear from you. We want to share testimonies each and every week because they inspire people's faith. Praise God. Now today we're going to begin a brand new series and we're going to be talking about blessed and redeemed. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? We are the redeemed of the Lord. And not only that, we are the blessed of the Lord. So we're going to go to this break. I want you to watch this very special announcement. And then when we come back, we'll begin our lesson today on redeemed and blessed. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss it. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. You know, over the last several months, the Lord has had me in all of our meetings everywhere to go back and begin teaching again some of the things that I learned 45 years ago that absolutely changed my life. Some of the basic redemptive truths like what happened at Calvary? What is the cross all about? I've been preaching it at our church and um, everywhere we've been preaching these basic redemptive truths, I'm telling you, the power of God has been showing up, manifesting, and people are getting excited about the Word again. And what I've also realized that there are so many people today that have never heard these basic redemptive truths to start with for the first time. And so it's, it's affecting them the same way it did me when I first heard them 45 years ago. So I want us to begin in Acts chapter 8 today, Acts chapter 8, and beginning in verse 5, and it says this, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now notice the topic here. Notice the subject of his sermon. He preached Christ. Everybody say, preach Christ. And notice it says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, 
and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. So notice when Philip preached Christ, it produced miracles, signs, and wonders, which simply proved that Jesus was indeed alive. Hallelujah. In other words, he's doing now what he did before they crucified him, which means that he is indeed alive. And then you'll notice that uh, in verse 35 of that same chapter, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. What did he do? He preached Christ. And then in chapter 9, right after Saul of Tarsus experienced his conversion on the road to Damascus. Jesus changed his name to Paul. And immediately Paul began to preach in verse 20, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So notice, this seems to be the theme in the book of Acts, that everywhere they went, from Acts chapter 1 all the way through Acts chapter 28, the central theme was Christ. They preach Christ. What does that mean? When you preach Christ, you preach salvation, you preach deliverance, you preach healing, you preach prosperity, you preach joy, you preach peace. I mean, it covers the entire spectrum of human existence. Hallelujah. It's important that we learn to, uh, or we learn the basic redemptive truths of what happened at Calvary. And that's what I want to talk about, not only today, but for the next several weeks, because I'm telling you, if you don't get a revelation of this, then the rest of the Bible is not going to make a whole lot of sense to you. You need to know what happened at Calvary. That's what preaching Christ is all about. Now, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Notice it seems like everywhere we look in the New Testament, somebody's talking about preaching Christ, the gospel of Christ. What are we talking about? That's not just He saved us from our sins, even though that is certainly a vital part of it. But when you preach Christ, you've got to tell people they're not only saved from sin, but praise God, by His stripes, they're healed. Not only that, but thank God they are redeemed. And not only that, they are redeemed so that the blessing of Abraham might come on them. I'm telling you, when you get, when you get a revelation of what it means to preach Christ, then you're talking about victory in every area of your life. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. In the message translation here in Romans 1:16, it says, it's news I'm most proud to proclaim this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts in Him. What an extraordinary plan God had to rescue every person who will put their trust in Him. Amen? Amen. So preaching Christ is about preaching salvation. And salvation, once again, is an all-inclusive word. Once again, it doesn't mean just save from sin only even though, praise God, we are saved from sin. Aren't you glad your sins have been remitted? Aren't you glad you have no past? It's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, if you were to go to God right now and say, God, I'm so sorry for what I did back there in 1973, he'd say, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. That's all under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God we've been saved from our sin. But it also includes deliverance. It includes healing soundness, wholeness, preservation, peace, security, and freedom from all the works of the enemy. That's what salvation is about. So when we preach Christ, we must not only talk about his death, 
but we must talk about what happened between His death and His resurrection, and then what happened after His resurrection. And what you will discover when you study all that is that all of that produced complete and total freedom. The Bible says in John chapter 8, Jesus speaking, verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. The story of Jesus, the story of the cross, is a story of freedom. That's what it's all about. Jesus came with a singleness of purpose, and that was to set humanity totally free. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus made this statement. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He said, I've come to do the Father's will. You remember back in Genesis chapter 3, right after Adam and Eve committed high treason against God, then God said to the serpent, which is symbolic of Satan, in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Now notice how God words that. He tells Satan, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now that's an interesting statement because childbirth is never referred to as the seed of a woman. It's always referred to as the seed of a man. So what God is talking about is there is one coming. He refers to this one as a seed. There is a seed coming from the woman, not a man, but from the woman. And her seed, he goes on to say, will bruise your head. In the little Hebrew, that's break your power. So what is God saying to Satan? He's saying, even though you have the authority and the dominion over mankind right now because of what Adam and Eve have done, it's not going to last forever because I am going to raise up a seed. It's going to come from a woman. In other words, this is going to be a supernatural birth. And from her, that seed is going to come along and eventually he's going to break your power. He's going to bruise your head and thank God all of humanity will be set free. So that was the will of God for Jesus. Once again, Jesus said, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So we could say the will of Jesus from the Father was to come and break Satan's power. Amen. Amen. Bruise his head. Hallelujah. If God had been texting, he said, he's coming. He's going to bust your head. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. That's the way we'd say it in Texas. He's going to come and he's going to bruise your head. He's going to break your power and humanity will be free once again. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. Now, do you believe Jesus fulfilled his mission? Do you believe he fulfilled the will of God? Then that means Satan has no authority over you. He has no dominion over you. His power over you has been broken. Thank God you are free. The Son has made you free. You're free indeed. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good shout if you believe. Amen. He fulfilled the will of the Father. So once again, we know that the seed that God was referring to in Genesis chapter 3 was none other than Jesus himself. And actually, God was prophesying the virgin birth. You know, when the angel appeared to Mary, you know, hundreds of years later, and he said, Mary, you are highly favored of God, and you are going to conceive a child. His name shall be called Jesus. And notice, Joseph had nothing to do with this. 
It wasn't the seed of a man. It had to be the seed of a woman. Why is that necessary? Or why was that necessary? Because if Jesus had been born of a man, then he would have the sin nature just like every other man born. So he couldn't come with that sin nature. He had to be born supernaturally of a woman and fulfill this prophetic word in Genesis 3.15. Amen. He was the seed. And of course, later as he entered into his public ministry, I think it's very interesting that the first few chapters of the book of Matthew tell us that as soon as Jesus entered into his public ministry, then he was led into the wilderness and was tempted of Satan. And notice the first thing Satan tried to tempt Jesus with was the same thing he got Adam with, food. (laughs) Amen. And isn't it interesting that the Bible refers to Jesus as the second Adam? Amen. And notice the second Adam didn't fall for this. The first Adam didn't have to fall for it. God had already given Adam, the first Adam, dominion over everything in the earth. When that serpent came in there and tempted them, Adam had the authority to say, no, in the name of the God who created me, I will not do this because God said we are not to do it. So I cast you out of this garden. And that would have been the end of that story. Amen. But he didn't do that. And so when Jesus came and entered into his public ministry, now ready to fulfill the will of the father, and that is break Satan's power. First thing Satan did with him was the same thing he did with the first Adam. And he said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread and eat. Because the Bible said that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. So, you know, he's hungry. And, and, and so it was a temptation. Amen. It was a genuine temptation. But notice Jesus didn't react the same way. He didn't yield to it. He took the word of God and defeated Satan and said, it is written, you know, and every, every one of those temptations, those three temptations, Jesus took the word of God and ran Satan off. And then from that moment, right up to the cross, he went about undoing the works of Satan by healing people, delivering people, setting people free. Can you say amen? Amen. So what is he doing? He's fulfilling the will of the father who had sent him. First John chapter three and verse eight says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Once again, he's saying, this is why I came. This was my purpose, so that I could destroy Satan's works over humanity. So once again, the story of Jesus is a story of redemption. It is a story of deliverance, and it is a story of freedom. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. Jesus went into the synagogue where he was raised up. And there he began to read the prophetic word from Isaiah the prophet. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Bible says that after he read that, he sat down and the eyes of them all in the synagogue were focused upon him. And then he said to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. What Jesus is saying to them is simply this. 
what I just read to you from the writings of the prophet Isaiah. Now this, Isaiah had written this 700 years before. Now 700 years later, Jesus walks in that synagogue where everybody knew him. He grew up there. They knew him as the carpenter's boy, the carpenter's son. They watched him come there. He was raised there. And he stands up and reads that prophetic word that is now 700 years old and says to them, today, what I just read to you is fulfilled in your ears. In other words, what he's saying is, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to wait for this man to come any longer. He's here. He's in your midst. And I am he. Hallelujah. And you'd have thought everybody in there would have jumped up and shouted, praise God. You know, it's freedom time. Hallelujah. But that's not the way they reacted. In fact, it upset them. It made them mad. How dare him declare that he's the one. He's the seed. He's the one that's coming that has been prophesied about all these hundreds of years. How could he be the one? We know him. He's the carpenter's boy. And it made them so mad that they took him out back of that synagogue and tried to push him off a cliff. And the Bible says that he walked through the midst of them, no man touching him. And what did he do? He left there and he went to Capernaum. You can read all this in Luke chapter four. Capernaum was known as the city of heathen. And he went there and preached the same message. Notice in the synagogue where it should have been received, they rejected it. But he went and preached it to heathen. Amen. And they received it and signs and wonders and miracles happened and they begged him not to leave. He said, no, I must go to other cities also. You know, sometimes the hardest people in the world to reach are church people. Well, I better stop right there. I'm going to get some ugly letters. So notice here, the story of Jesus is a story of freedom. It's a story of deliverance. It's all about setting humanity free. Listen, if you're watching today and you've made Jesus Lord of your life and yet you're living in bondage, then you don't have to live that way. And don't come up with, but you don't understand my circumstances. That's not the issue here. And I'm not trying to be hard. It's not that I don't understand your circumstances. It's you don't understand your redemption. If you understood, if you had a revelation of all that Jesus bought and paid for through his shed blood, then I'm telling you, you would not spend another day in bondage. You'd get up and declare a state of war on the devil and tell him, I just want to remind you, you were defeated at Calvary 2,000 years ago. I don't have to live this way. The son has set me free and I'm free indeed. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you believe. Amen. You are free, praise God. Now, obviously, you're going to have to appropriate that. It's not automatic. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. That means you have a part to play in this. Jesus has already made you free, but you've got to walk it out. You, you have to stand fast in it. You know, Satan will come and try to prove that, you know, it didn't work at Calvary. That, 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 you know, it's just a story. It's just a fairy tale. Oh, that's just, you know, uh, people made that up. No, it's the Bible. It's the Word of God. Jesus set you free. 
whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But you've got to receive that by faith and then let the devil know that you are not going to yield to him any longer. You're not going to stay in bondage, that you are going to walk in the freedom that Christ has bought and paid for. Praise God. And when you do, I'm telling you, life becomes worth the living. Hallelujah. It can be a great life. Can anybody in here testify to that? Give the Lord a good shout of praise. Amen. Hey, watch this announcement, and then I'll be back in just a few moments. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. Thank you once again for watching the broadcast today. I certainly appreciate you joining with us, and I trust you've been blessed and inspired and energized. I trust that it makes you go to the Word of God before the day is up, no matter what time you're watching this broadcast, that you will go to the Word of God, search out these scriptures that I've shared with you today, and look at them for yourself, study them, and let it become a revelation to you. Because I'm telling you, God wants you to live a blessed life, a redeemed life, a life of victory. Hallelujah. Once again, our special offer, three CDs, Redeemed and Blessed. These are life-changing. Now, I preach these in our church here in the Fort Worth area. And of course, the people were pulling it out of me. And I had more than just a few moments to deal with this message. And I'm telling you, the anointing of God on these tapes or these CDs are so powerful. I don't know if you're going to be able to sit still while you're listening to them. You may have to run around the block a couple of times and come back and get you another dose. But three CDs on Redeemed and Blessed, and then right along with it, my book on the established heart. I've written over 70 books. This was the first book that I wrote many, many years ago because it, 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 it's about the things that I learned when I came to the Lord in 1969. The Psalm 112 says that when your heart is established, nothing moves you. When your heart is established, you're not afraid of evil tidings. And what you need to be established in are the basic redemptive truths. So I share in this little book, I mean, you can read this at lunchtime. In this little book, I talk about the seven basic redemptive truths that every believer should be established in. So that's our offer. The three CDs on Redeemed and Blessed and the little book, The Established Heart. And I want to encourage you to order yours right away. Once again, if you have prayer requests, share them with us. If you have testimonies, share them with us. I want to encourage you to go to our website, check out all of the, the resources that are available there. Uh, also, uh, go to all of the social media that we have available to communicate with you and, 
uh, gives us an opportunity to minister to you on an ongoing basis. So thank you again for watching, and I'm praying in Jesus' name that your redemption will become a revelation to you, and that from this day forward, you'll walk and live in the freedom that Jesus bought and paid for. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.